There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So, uh, Rodney, you're just getting back from uh, Alaska, With huh? Mike the yes. Body. With Mike the Body Jenkins. Whoa! Sorry, I didn't know that was coming. That was uh, that was pretty sweet. That was good, right? <laughs> you get to, what are you you hiring out on Fiverr and getting people to do uh, some intros? Is that what that is? <laughs> no, that was me. That's actually me. That's you. That's me doing a doing a little voice work. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, the man of a thousand voices is what they used to call me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately, they all sounded the same. <laughs> I could go a little bit high, a little bit low, and that's about that's about my length, my range. Your range. <laughs> so, uh, how was Alaska? It was beautiful. That place is gorgeous. Yeah, those pictures. I, I was looking at those last night. They looked great. Yeah, we're gonna we got more that we're gonna be posting later. From we did one of those glacier cruises. Oh, they pull up. You yeah, know, look at a glacier, and it all starts falling apart and. Oh, where they're melting the ice cap type oh, of thing? Oh, well, no, they're just, they're constantly falling apart because they're, you know, it's basically just a big, you know, sheet of ice that just right. moves and once it hits the salt water, it starts breaking apart. Oh, okay. I yeah. mean, people use it, they say, look, this is proof of global warming. It's like, no, right. it's, this is what glaciers do and they've always done it. And right. Are they the ones that have like the blue waterfall coming down yeah. the middle of them? There's a, we didn't see any of those ones, but yeah, they're like, yeah, it's like blue ice. It's so cool. Looking. Oh, that's just, awesome. It's, it's amazing. What parts did you visit while you were there? Uh, I was in uh, Anchorage and then, oh, uh, uh, was it Melissa? Uh, I forget <laughs> what, how you say it. And then we went up memorable. north. He took us up north to the town that was based on, uh, that was it Northern Exposure was based on. Oh, it's just a, okay. It's a bunch of hippies just went up there and started a town. Oh, and yeah, okay, yeah. So it's a bunch of weirdos, and it's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, I love weirdos. So you were the normal guy when you I were there. The nor- yeah, I feel I fit in. I was like, this is awesome. Down in the states, I look weird. Up here in Alaska, I just blend. You blend in. It's awesome. <laughs> it's camo. You're like, wearing camo. I was like, this is my people. Were you do? Did you do comedy every night? Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we did three three nights: Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We did. Uh, it was a, well, he had had a bigger show lined up for Friday, and it fell through. Mm. And so he last minute threw together this thing at a VFW club. We just did kind of a fundraiser for a vets group. Oh, that's awesome! And then uh, Saturday night was our big show uh, in Wallissa. Wallissa. I think that's how you say. <laughs> I forget. I'm getting old. It all just starts blending. It does, doesn't it? Could it could be Manila. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it was at a Harley dealership. Oh, no way. Yeah, they, cleared, they cleared out all the, the bikes, and, uh, we, and they set it up. And the night before, they had uh, like a Alaskan professional fighters entertainment or something like that. Really? Yeah, it was like they cool. were doing a fighting. Yeah, their ultimate. Yeah, ultimate. Yeah, uh, like UFC. Yeah, fighting, but it was like the local thing. Oh, that's awesome! And they did they do it there in the Harley? Yeah, in the Harley place. Really? Yeah. Is it so big? 
Yeah, it was good size. I mean, it sounded about uh, we had about 150 people at the show. So no way. That was kind. Of, it was fun. Yeah, that's great, especially for Alaska, because I imagine they they probably don't get a lot to. Well, and they've been you know they've been locked up like everybody else, and so on right. top of being Alaska, right? Then yeah, being shut down. Being shut down normally anyway. But then again, <laughs> they're used to it. Yeah. But then again, people that live in Alaska, they moved to Alaska because of social, social distancing. <laughs> because that's what they want. That's the, they don't want to be around other right. people. But occasionally, yeah. you know, you need some, you know, need some interaction. So that's what I came right. to provide. Right. Give them some jokes. Is it like, was it a special event to bring you in or was, or do they do um, comedy there all the time? Oh no! This was a new thing to do. Well, it, the, okay. the guy, the guy who who set it all up, he's a fan. Oh, okay. And, you know, I told I told people I said, well, if you want to see me, you got to call the clubs or just set up a show and I'll come do it. Right. And so he called me. He said, "Hey, uh, I do." He does these promotions for like tr- uh, trade shows. You know, like okay, hunting and fishing trade shows. And everybody comes and sets up booths and everybody wanders around. And yeah, I've seen those at, at like expos where they yeah, that, they bring you up to Alaska to. Yeah, so they they do. Yeah. He does those, and so he so he decides this is a new thing. He's going to promote comedy, and he's going to try to figure it out with me. Okay, so, so you he, were the guinea pig. I was the guinea pig. Mm. And so we got up this. So it was kind of a you know we had quite a quite a learning curve, uh, how, to <laughs> right. do, how to do it, how not right. to do it, and just. Uh, but it was fun. We did yeah. like I said, we did that show, and then, then the my my favorite part of the whole weekend though, was Sunday we went up. Like I said, we did the glacier cruise, mm-hmm. but it was in Whittier, Alaska. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was this place that was built back in World War II because it was impossible to get to. Oh. So they did like this uh, secret army slash navy base. So, so they had like. Okay, yes. They did uh, submarines and stuff. Yeah. Well, they had like one building that everybody lived in. And then when everybody, when the world was over, the, the army was like, yeah, we don't want this place. This is stupid right and so they left and so the state of alaska acquired it and then they just turned it into a town and everybody lives in one building wow so the base isn't there anymore or no, it's still the there but gone. it's no well, they in they, use. they say that there's a secret base on, across the bay that's underground okay that yeah. no one knows about uh-huh. but i was like well if you know about it then it's not then it's, it's not secret. secret and if they're telling so, everyone yeah, but, <laughs> right. I, I mean, I didn't see any stuff. So right. So, um, so yeah, was, and the other thing was this this inlet is so deep that the military also used it uh, uh, for World War II that they just dumped a bunch of junk down there they didn't want to take anywhere. Oh. You know, so like that's they, where it, they disposed. Like if, yeah, like they had a sub that they didn't want. It was, it was beyond repair. Mm-hmm. So instead of just, you know, taking it somewhere, they just sunk it. And, in this bay, really? Yeah. So it's just a bunch of junk. Yeah, in that but it's little... so far down. There's no way you could ever get to. So it. So you can't see anything. You can't see anything. This thing, but this place wow. is beautiful, right? You know, and then we did it there. There's a little inn there, with a little restaurant and a bar, and we did the show in a bar. And those places, those places were always. I, I never did Alaska, but like places like that where they were off in like a little ski town or, and you do it in like a lodge. Oh, I always yeah. enjoyed those. Those were, lot. yeah. Sun, uh, is a sun Valley up in Idaho. Sun Valley. Yeah. Did that one. There was or, like a deer lodge up in Montana. Did you ever do that one? It was called deer lodge. 
Oh, up by Coeur d'Alene, I think it is. Uh, I don't know. It's up by... Uh, I don't know. They all blend together. I know. They do. They do. I think. I might even be getting that wrong. But I think. But that's kind of what I have in my head as you're yeah. explaining that. And it, it was... Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, did you ever do Miles City, Montana? Yes. That was is the that the one by Canada? Yeah, it's like really close yeah. up there. And, and it's weird because the entire town comes out. Yes. And the place is packed. Those are the best. And people have to show up at like noon to reserve seats. Yes. And they'll lay out <laughs> blankets and stuff and yeah. sit there to protect their seats. Yeah. So they get in the room. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember pulling into town and seeing them all waiting in line. And I'm like, what? I asked the front desk because I was checking in. I'm like, what are all those people camping out for? They're all for you. I'm on me. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm nobody. Why would they be here for me? But yeah, it's awesome. Oh, they treat you like you're a rock star. Oh, it's amazing. Because so awesome. nobody ever goes up to these small towns. So when someone does, they appreciate it so oh, much. Oh, yeah. They show up in droves. Mm-hmm. And, just, and if you yeah, bring merch, great. they buy all of it. It's awesome. Do you, so are you taking, um, are you selling shirts and stuff after shows? I am now for the first time ever. Yeah. Just, mostly because people kept, Asking about yeah. it, and so we're like, "Well, okay, yeah." I don't know why you want my face on your body <laughs> and your chest, but okay, I'll do it. Uh, I would. I do. You I asked me, you. Give me some. Give me some money. I'll, <laughs> let's do this. Let's right. Make this arrangement. Right. And people are wanting your shirt because over the pandemic, you've had a couple videos go viral. Well, maybe a dozen. Um, <laughs> let's just say. Let's just say every time I post a video, it goes viral. Every time now. Just well, usually they get over a hundred thousand views. All right. What, what's the threshold to for you to be able to call it viral? I, I'm not sure. Okay. What the standard is? I think a hundred thousand's good. You think? So? Yeah. yeah. Hundred. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of hundred thousand, then like you know another handful that have all done over millions. So where do you, so you just started it because you were bored during the pandemic, nothing else to do? Absolutely. <laughs> that was it. It was just like, I, I got nothing else to do. I'm right. Make dumb videos. And how do you think it caught, started catching on? How do you think? I, well, the one in particular was, uh, you know, there's a, a local comic who posted uh, a smart aleck uh, post uh, just saying, because this is right as the, you know, the George Floyd's, Riots were starting right. up and everything, okay. and you know, everybody had opinion about everything. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so he posts. He says, "Hey, does anybody have any idea what's going on? I haven't heard." <laughs> and okay, uh, and so I did a video, you know, a smart ass video right. in response to him, and it was just a short one. I was getting ready to go to the airport. We were getting ready to fly out, and I was waiting for my wife to get in the car and. Mm-hmm. And I saw his post and I thought I'm going to, instead of just writing something, I thought I'm going to make a video. Right. And so I did the video in the character that I've been working on. Okay. And, you know, and so it's me standing in the woods with, you know, you know, bib overalls. Right. Because when I fly, I like the bib overalls because you got pockets to put all your stuff in. You look like um, you know? someone from the Appalachians. Yes. Is that how you say it? Appalachian? Appalachian. Appalachian Mountains? Yes, I yeah. look like someone. Someone from Moonshiners. Yes. You ever watch that? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, with the beard and everything. Right. And uh, the video just took off. And uh, What were you talking about? Just Were you mimicking him? 
Uh, no, I was like, uh, I would say, it's okay, so the thing you got to remember is, uh, no, it's the one where it's, um, it's, you know, I'll pull it. it's, it's the one that says the best explanation for 2020. Oh, okay. I've got it. Okay. Red shirt and bib overalls. So should we play it? Yeah, let's play it. Okay. Let me see if this is going to work here. Um, so, <clears throat> so the most important thing you, uh, you got to remember is, you know, okay, so, so, some, so, some, some people were, you know, they were doing some stuff and then, the, and then other people were like, Hey, don't, don't do that stuff. And then other people <laughs> like, Hey, yeah, they should do, you know, that stuff. It's good that they're doing that stuff. And then the other people were like, I don't think they should be doing that stuff. And, and then, uh. And uh, and then thing and then the thing and then you know thing uh, the the one the the do so things are like <clears throat> um uh, so uh it, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that um uh, in conclusion. <sighs> I have no idea. <laughs> this is one of the dumbest things I've ever done. <laughs> I ex- the facial expressions top it too. As you're combing through your wild hair, your wild man hair, and, and adjusting your overalls. <laughs> and, and then uh, just the confusion. Oh, that's awesome. That's hilarious. So that's the one that started it all? That was the one. Well, I, I didn't think in more than six people were ever going to see this dumb <laughs> right. thing. But I posted it to his thread, uh-huh. and it did, you know, got a few likes, and I thought, you know, this is so stupid. I'm going to post it to my main page. Right. And so I did without any real explanation, and it just... It just took off. So you po- you had no caption. You just posted it. Yeah, I think I might have said something like, "Hey, uh, here's here's what's going on" or something like that. Right. And it just and it got rememed into all these different things. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible! Yeah. And th- how does how do you think it happened? Are people sending it to other people? Like, yeah, it was a comment. Well, there was one in particular. This gal, she was a nurse, mm-hmm. and she she rememed it and put the the caption was night shift reporting to day shift. <laughs> you know, as they're right. handing over. <laughs> right, I got gotcha. you. And that just, well, I have so many nurses who are my followers who, who follow me now that if I ever if I ever oh. have to go get medical attention, I'll be well taken care of. Oh. Yeah, that's a nice wild. perk. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Yes, because yeah, just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I started getting all these requests from people who were, you know, were nurses and doctors and really, and you know, our first reaction was obviously they're fake. Okay, There's you think they're Russian of, bots? Yeah, Russian bots <laughs> or a bunch of you know Kenyans trying to get me. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. it's always, you know, oh, doctor or so-and-so who lives in Canada City, Canada. You know, that right. kind of weird thing. <laughs> right. But they were actual, it was they actual were real people. people. It was real people. It was crazy. That's incredible. And then how long do you notice, like, how far after, like, how long after you post it do you notice that um, something's happening? 
when it, you know, like I said, I posted it as I was getting on a plane, and then I flew okay. to Utah. And by the time I landed, it was had over twenty thousand views, which is more than any video I'd ever had. That usually to get anything close to that would usually take quite a bit, right? You know, take take some time, and all of a yeah. sudden, this was in you know within a few hours. Oh my gosh! And once it hit about fifty thousand, that's when other people started rememeing it, and then it just really took off. Okay, all right. And then your so all the, do all of your channels take off at that point, or all do your social medias? Um, yeah, it all just sort of yeah, everything just started picking up and just started going crazy. And then we we ended up starting a fan club page. Really? Because I, I maxed out on how many fan, you know, you you can only have five thousand friends. Okay. Yeah. So I maxed out on that. And Jeez. Then, and it's just it, that's incredible. So we just yeah, it's been nuts. That has and it's cause you've been doing comedy how stand up how long? Like 20, oh, twenty five years? Twenty two years now. Twenty two yeah. years. And and it's just something freaky that you didn't even think twice about. Yeah, it was literally just a half thought that I had, and I I just ran into the woods next to my house and made the dumb video just to make one person laugh, (laughs) basically. You were just replying. That's incredible. That was it. It was just, there's nothing planned. I didn't even know what I was going to say until I turned on the camera and just started (laughs) muttering to myself. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That is hilarious. Because I think, have you ever done that character on stage? I I had kind of. I think. Over, over, over. Well, <laughs> okay, I did this one gig uh, one time where we were in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Okay. And we had to do this other show down near Boise. Mm-hmm. But it was like huge th- snowstorms were coming through. So we had to leave right. at like four in the morning to get Ugh. down there. And it was, you know, bl- basically white out conditions almost right. the whole way. So it's. Yeah. We're, we're, we're crawling along. So mm-hmm. by the time we get there, I mean, you're just you're just emotionally and physically exhausted. Because yeah. you're white-knuckling it for hours yeah, and hours. Yeah, you're just, and yeah. Yeah, I get, yeah. And so you're I get spent. there. And then we, we, get it, we get there, and they're like, uh, uh, we have like half an hour oh, before okay. the show starts. Ugh. So we had time to go check in the hotel and then run back to the, to the gig. And yeah. I was just so tired. Oh. And yeah. so I, I, I started thinking how to get through this. And my grandfather was a was an alcoholic. Okay. And he used to just sit there and he would sit at the kitchen table. And when we'd come over and visit, me and my cousin, he wouldn't let us go outside until we sat down and listened to a story or he told, you know, taught us right. a lesson or something. Yeah. And it was usually, you know, like you said, he's drunk most of the time. <laughs> so he's just me meandering all over the freaking place and then all right. of a sudden he would just say something brilliant and then call us knuckleheads and get it tell us to get out of oh things. really and so i just remembered that and i thought you know what i'm gonna do this entire set as my grandfather <laughs> so this is your grandpa this is your this impression is, of your this grandpa is my impression of my grandfather when i was a, you know, a kid oh, that's because awesome. he would just sort of he would just he was just bumble and, uh, and he said, let me tell you what what's a, and you know what? Those people, they didn't appreciate it at all. They didn't appreciate anything at all we did for them. So you need to learn to appreciate everybody. People do nice things for you all the time. You should appreciate it. Because you don't appreciate things. 
Now people aren't going to, they're not going to appreciate you. You need to appreciate other people if they're going to appreciate you. Right. Now get out of my face. <laughs> and so I did the tarts out just sort of this half, half coherent thing. And the great thing about it was I only blew through like 15 minutes of material for a 35 minute set. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> and because part of it was just the whole the meandering, and then just right. they're just laughing to the whole. I mean, before it I even say killing. a word, they're laughing. Really? Yeah. So and you so know you have something there. Okay. So yeah, yeah. When I get because I'm just kind of walking up there and just half dazed and right. You know, they assume I'm drunk or high or something, <laughs> which you are most and of so, the time. But so I kind of played, joking, I joking. played with it over the years. Yeah. And then just before all this, but uh, a year and a half ago, I have a friend who uh, is also a comedian who's a life coach. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he's always posting these videos about, hey, you know, you need to believe in yourself. And, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. So I was watching it one morning. He's, sit, he's standing in the hallway and he's, he's looking at the, he says, hey, you know what? I just want you to know that. Uh, you're already good enough. <laughs> you already deserve to be happy. And if you're looking for an excuse, if you're looking for someone to tell you that you need approval, I'm here to give you that approval. <laughs> and it was just so corny. And I thought that's Is it. he telling this to you or is this something this he's is, posting? This is a post. Okay. Say, hey, you right. know, just, just one of those. Yeah. Hey, you know, this isn't one of my normal posts. This is just something I just thought. <laughs> I just want to throw this out to you, you know. What are these things? And right. it just okay. made me laugh so much, and I thought, that's it. That's it. My guy is the world's worst motivational speaker. <laughs> oh. He's the world's worst oh, that's life brilliant. coach. And so everything oh. I do is, you know, I mean, I'm just coming up with the most corny, ridiculous <laughs> things to say. <laughs> I love it. And, and it's turned into this other world. It's turned into something I never expected it to. Oh, it's, my it's gosh. It's amazing. So since since that's happened and you're starting to go out doing shows again, do people want you to? Are you just doing that that guy? On I, stage I, now? I I I tap into it, but I still do my other stand up. Okay, you know, and I do. I'm doing other characters and okay. just having just having a lot of fun. Do you feel like people know it's a character, or like when they get well, there? I've had people actually get really mad at me when they find out it's not really a real person that it is a character. So is this like at the shows? Did this happen in? Well, Alaska? no, it was you know like people online. Oh, you know, okay. they would see the videos and they right. all oh, this guy's everything to me, and then they would <laughs> keep looking. and They find out, wait, this dude's a normal guy. Oh, this dude's. So you crushed their and dreams. So they crushed their dreams because they were oh. really they felt so connected to this guy. You know, Leonard. I call him Leonard. Leonard. McCrunsky. Okay. <laughs> Leonard what? McCrunsky. McCrunsky. He's okay. And. And they feel so connected. They're like, ah, oh, they feel betrayed. Now, I, my favorite right. one, though, was this guy wrote. He said, look, I really connected with this guy. And he's just, he's changed my life. And, and because I've just, you know, I was in this weird funk. And all of a sudden, yeah. watching these videos, I realized life's okay. I'm everything's you know. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. I'm going to be okay. That's, that feels good. Yeah. And, and then he goes, and when I realized that it was just a character it, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I was a little upset because um, I felt let down. Oh, and then he goes, no. but then I realized, wow, what a brilliant character. Yeah. And you played it perfectly. I had no idea that this was not real. 
Yeah. Now, now I love you even more. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so nice. it was sort of like. Oh, he went know, through he, phases. He went through these phases. <laughs> and I've, I think a lot of people go and kind of go through that. It's oh like, my God. oh, this isn't real. <laughs> oh, but it created something that was real. Right. This is this is pure genius. Oh, you know man. that kind of yeah. that kind of thing. So it's kind of so most people they're okay with it after they yeah yeah process. Yeah, it. I mean, uh, there's there's weirdos out there who just want to be mad about everything. So. Right. Do you get a lot of hate too from it? Not not so much. I did kind of at first. Most mm -hmm. of the people just go, "Oh, you're just an idiot." This good, you know. Right. I have one guy was like, uh, "You're just." Uh, you're just a one-trick pony. All you do is these videos. And I'm going, you ever tried Google? <laughs> hey, freaking crap. I got 200 videos. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube. It, why, they're not all the same thing. And you've got a they're, bunch of stand-up on there, right? Yeah, I got stand-up. I did uh, Santa Claus as a stand-up. That one's that was fun. You were you were Santa Claus I, doing stand-up? I, I, Santa Claus doing stand-up. Oh, but I didn't. Oh, so most people who do Santa Claus doing stand up, they always go dirty. Okay. So it's a, just an excuse to wear a bad Santa suit and tell dick jokes. Oh, okay. I do actually, you do that? I actually played it straight up that like mm. I was really Santa. That's smart. And it, That's good. it was fun. How did it fun. went over well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you do that? Are you going to pull that out like on Christmas, Christmas time? Yeah, I'm thinking about doing like yeah. a whole one man show as Santa Claus. That would be great. Yeah. I don't think anybody's. Is, have you ever heard of anybody doing anything? There's people who've done like short plays and okay, like the Reindeer Chronicles and that kind of weird stuff, but no one's ever actually done. That would be good. Santa, straight up, because you know you yeah. think about this character who's been around for hundreds of years, right, and has lived through all kinds of things. He's going to have an interesting opinion. He's going to have a lot of stories. And so that's why I thought I'm going to tap into that. Oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless. Like my mind's racing as we're just sitting here for a second. Like all the stuff you could do with it, playing it straight. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. You know, he can go into his history, science, right? Because he's been, he has. It's been around for thousands, hasn't it, or yeah. hundreds? Yeah, a couple. Of, well, yeah. I'll have to look up the whole story. Yeah, because I was a long time. I was going to do a whole thing where I was going to tell the story of Santa from Santa's perspective. Right, that would be good. I don't think anything's happened. Anything like that's done. Yeah, and you could make it great because you look like Santa now. Just like the do. thing, so you don't have to wear. Well, people get mad at me because they, they say I'm too skinny, but I'm like I'm the, I'm a health conscious Santa. <laughs> right, he's been You're around off for a couple. Of, he's he's been yeah. around for a couple of hundred years. He finally figured out how to lose weight. <laughs> right, you have lost a lot of weight. Actually, I was just telling you that when you were walking up. As it, are you like a health guy now? I'm trying to be, yeah. 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 Well, is it new or is it something you've I've been working on? I've always been fairly healthy and then for uh, just life got ahead of me. And, you know, right. I think most of the time that we've hung out, like when you were, were doing comedy and stuff, I yeah. was usually hovering around 290 pounds. You were at 290? Because yeah. you were never like big. You were, you were always thick. Like I always thought of you as like a muscly guy, you kind of. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just, just big. But yeah, right. but, but there was a lot of fat. Was it? Too. Well. But yeah, I, I'd always worked out. Yeah. You know, stayed, stayed fit, but I was fat. And then I, I finally, uh, just last couple of years, I've just been trying to 
thin down. Was it catching up with you health wise or? Oh yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Were you having health problems with it? Yeah. You know, and your start parts of your body start going numb. You were going so, you numb. Oh. Yeah. Di- diabetes. Oh, do you have diabetes or you were yeah, getting that? Type two. Uh, yeah. yeah. You do. Yeah. So that's why you've gotten yeah, so I've had to, Yeah, I've had to really cut back on. Wow. Kind of stuff, so. Oh, I didn't know that. How, how has that been going? Can you manage it if you're taking care of your health? Is it manageable? Yeah, type, type two, at least, yeah, mine, I can just take care of it with my diet. And just, then if it gets out of hand, then what do you have to do? I just stop eating. You stop eating? Well, you, your body doesn't, if your blood sugar is, you know, 200, you don't need food. Your body has all the energy it needs. So what, what is it exactly? Your body can't uh, digest? Yeah, you become, you become insulin resistant. So when you, when you eat sugar, your body uses insulin to drive the blood sugar levels down. Okay. Um, and then it converts, your body converts that sugar to, to energy. Well, when you're insulin resistant, you can't, your body stops. It's, you just had so much sugar or whatever. Right. Uh, that your body just can't keep up with it. Okay. And so that sugar just sits in your system for a long time. So it just, it has nowhere to go until yeah, you get Yeah, it's got nowhere insulin. to go because your body okay. won't burn it up. Oh, gotcha. So you got you to gotta do things to, so if you just stop eating, right, which is the easiest thing to do, and then your blood sugar levels go down, you just have to kind of, it's weird because you're like, okay, I can't eat candy bars because they're going to kill me. But then oh all of a gosh. sudden you get to a point where your blood sugar drops so low that you have to hurry and eat a candy bar to get it back get up. your sugar back back up. Oh, so it's a weird wow. balance, but you know once you find it, it's it's manageable. It's manageable. Do you yeah. ever have to do the insulin stuff? No, I haven't had to do that yet. No. So that's good. Uh, part of that is just you know just taking care of taking it. care of it, and right. staying on the diet. Well, that's good. Um, I I. That's crazy. I had no idea. Well, you look great. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. You said you were... Look, I want to go back to the movie for just a second. You said you were flying um, to Utah or from Utah? Um, oh, on the video. Yeah, I when you made your video. from Connecticut to Utah. Connecticut. Are you still... Are, yeah, I still have a home in Connecticut. So you're still... So you lived out here, and then you moved to Connecticut, and that now you're going back and forth? Yes. But we're trying to sell the house in Connecticut. So we're going to be going back there in the next week or two and try to sell off all of our stuff and get the house listed and just be done with it. So you are you guys are done with Connecticut forever? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I still have a lot of friends and connections. I'll still go back there, but we're not going to live in Connecticut anymore. Right. We're going to maintain a house there. Okay. Is it because you guys, why did you guys move there? You guys were living here. And you moved there for was it a job another a job opportunity? Yeah, we uh, yeah, Teresa, she's a, a architect draftsman person. Oh, that's and right. So Teresa's your wife. Job. Yes, yes. She got a job in Texas, so we moved to Texas first, and we were oh. there for about a year and a half. Okay, and then she got a better offer for a place in Connecticut, so we moved there. Okay, and then we st- I was doing uh, these weird uh, mortgage inspections. That's right. As a That's way to what, make some yeah. money from, so I could feel like I was contributing to some degree. Right. And then it started doing so well that my wife quit her twenty-five dollar an hour job, uh, 
to take over the business that I was running. Oh and my so gosh. we've been doing that up until, well, the uh, pandemic basically destroyed the business. Oh no. So that's why you're done with your. Yeah. Moving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Cause of all the, the moratorium they put on the mortgage industry okay. uh, because of COVID. Right. Then the whole, cause there were all these inspections that had to be done by the required by the federal government. Yeah, because of COVID, they just put a moratorium on them, and that basically just shut my whole business down. Oh, so that killed it completely. Yeah. And what were you doing? You were, you were inspecting the homes when people were buying them. Well, when you like, if you have a mortgage and uh-huh. your mortgage gets bought by another mortgage company, okay, the new mortgage company will send us to verify that you actually live there. Oh, so you go check and make sure people yeah. still live at the house, and then if people get. Um, if a FEMA disaster gets declared somewhere, mm-hmm. every home in that county that's part of the disaster has to be looked at by the mortgage company and then report back to the government that either it's been destroyed. It's either destroyed and being repaired or was not affected. Okay. And so there's all these weird reports that nobody knows why. Right. Uh, but they're required by the government. The mortgage companies have to do them. Instead of hiring people, instead of having somebody in-house do them all the time, they just hire it out to other companies. And that's what I did, was I provided all these weird mortgage. How, how do you find out about something like that? Um, I got into it because I was doing, uh, I was into mortgage, uh, doing mortgages and restructuring people's debt so they could... Uh, put all their debt into their home and then pay it all off really quick. Okay. Debt free kind of thing. Right. In doing that, I found out about these inspections. And so I started just doing it as a side thing. Right. And then uh, I started making more money doing that than I was doing lending. And so I just went and just did that. Wow. Because it it gave me a lot of flexibility, you know. Right. Yeah. I could still do comedy and acting and it was just all on my own schedule and that's great. It's kind of fun. That is. Because if that supplements all your comedy, that's... And your wife quits her nice big job. Yeah. It got to the point that's where a, we were losing money every time she went to work. Because really? of the inspections that we weren't getting done because she was at work. And then we had... Oh a, we gosh. had at one point in time almost 70 people working for us. You had 70 employees? Yeah. So it, it was, was doing that really big. well. Yeah. Well, they were all uh, contra- private contractors because they were all... Because of the, the way it's done, because we can't control their what they do, and we just give them the work, and then they get it done, and they get paid. Right. Were you are you the, were you the only show in town basically that was doing it? Um, in for a while, yeah, we had a few areas where we were the only ones, but over the years, hmm. people figured it out. You know, when the housing crisis came, we went gangbusters, and then a oh. whole bunch of people got into the business because of it. And uh, now it's just sort of this, it, it's kind of turned into this stupid thing where they were like, okay, we're going to have more inspections. Because also if you get delinquent, if you, as soon as you miss a payment, the more, uh, federal government requires them to go and verify that the house is still okay. Okay. And, you know, we just drive by and see if somebody's there, take a picture, make sure the house is so occupied. If you see a car or a light on, then you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. So that's all you had to do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just verify somebody lives there, and that's it. Most of the time, they don't even know you're wherever there. Wow. That's cool. So that's it. That's it. You don't even have to let them know? 
And then do you charge the homeowner or do you charge the bank? The bank. Well, it tra- ultimately it charges the bank, but then the bank just adds that as to one of the fees. Oh, okay. And some of them handle it differently. Sometimes they actually charge you every time we come. Others oh. actually have it worked into the actual cost of the mortgage to begin with. Oh, so they plan on it. Yeah, they expect, yeah. Oh, okay. Weird. So it's, it's just kind of weird how everything Yeah, it is. And b- so before... So you're done with all that now because of the pandemic killed yeah, it. Yeah, the pandemic just basically took Are you good with that? or? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been looking to get out of her for a, for a while. Okay. And it just sort of, you know, just sort of worked out where that that fell apart at the same time, you know, my career actually started happening. Yeah. So That's perfect, actually. Yeah, so the timing of it for us was pretty amazing. Right. That's perfect. Have you... So before you went there, you were, you were pretty much the house MC at Wise Guys. Oh yeah, yeah. When we first opened, yeah, it was uh, it, it was not it was not intended to be that way. Yeah. How did all that How did all that come about? Because I, I don't think I ever. Well, Keith Stubbs, who owns Wise Guys, he was running shows at Bruvies downtown. In okay. Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, and then he was also running shows at a pool hall up in Sugar House. Oh. Okay. And I started doing shows at Jordan Commons in the theaters. You were doing a competing show? Yeah, but I was he, he his was uh, 21 and older shows. Oh, okay. I was doing all ages. So oh, I was okay. getting uh, I was focused on basically teenagers and high you know high school and Right. Like for dances. College. I remembered a lot of people for dances would go to the Jordan Commons. Yeah, yeah, they would come out. Yeah. We'd, we had hypnosis there. Yeah, hypno- so I hypnosis. I saw hypnosis, improv, yeah. all that kind of stuff. That that okay. I was the guy. At, I I was running all that. How did you get into the, all the doing that? Um, I knew there was a guy named Vandermeed. He was a hypnotist. He was like uh, a oh, he was a big deal. Okay, yeah, I, I remember I knew the he name. He had been doing shows there, but he had he he had retired. Okay. And I'd last heard that he, because he was doing theaters all over Salt Lake. And so I thought, you know, I, I think I could do that. Yeah. I could bring in hypnotists and then in comedy and everything. So right. originally it was just to do comedy. Have, did you, but, have you started comedy at this point? Um, well, well, I saw that they had been doing hypnosis, but then it stopped. And so I went and asked, I said, well, do, you know, you're still doing that. And he goes, no, no, we're. Okay. He's retired and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, well, you ever thought about doing comedy at these sh- things? At the so theater, we started working right. out. So I started bringing comedy, and I thought, well, I got more than one theater. I could do more shows. So I got a hold of hypnotists Yeah. and started bringing them in. And wow. uh, that's where I kind of got into the hill, met a lot of hypnotists. And then improv troops and. Um, right. So I just started having shows every weekend, and it was going pretty good, but it was still somewhat limited because I could only do it at certain times. Right. If I could do it the shows earlier, I, I felt felt like I'd get a bigger bigger crowd. And me and Keith were talking. We was like, it would just be cool to just have a real, just actual, just club. Yeah. In Salt Lake. And because there really wasn't there was one. nothing, yeah. Well, there was one, but the guy was out in Midville, but the guy would never use any local comics. So, and it was always just really mm. filthy. Oh, okay. Like to the point that it was like, 
it wasn't just about being funny. It, it was, was they niche. were trying to make a statement. Oh yeah. Hey, you know, his whole thing was step out of Utah. Right. You know, it's like, right. you know, that kind of weird, yeah. that, that not, it's like, yeah. if you don't like Utah, leave. Exactly. Shut up. Exactly. Idiots. Was that at the mid Midville theater? Midville theater. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I think it was called the comedy circuit. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, he had a sign that used, I, I thought this was funny. He had a sign that said, Hey, if you've, uh, we just want you to know that this is a comedy establishment. And so if you've come here to be offended, let us just say F off, <laughs> you stupid mother effers. Oh my gosh. Um, if you get past this sign, it's all your effing fault. Don't ask for your effing money back. As soon oh as you hand it gosh. to us, you're, you're, and anyway, just goes on and on and on. Oh and basically gosh. just says, if you're offended by anything past this point. F you. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought, it was, I thought it was brilliant. Wow. But um, He's an angry man. He, he had some issues. <laughs> he had some issues. Did you ever play there? I mean, I'm I, guessing I, not. I actually did. You did? Um, uh, it was part, I kind of snuck in. Okay. What it was was uh, I had friends uh, who were running uh, – Improv shows there. They were mm -hmm. running like an. They rented the place to do an improv thing. Okay, and they were doing a fundraisers like twenty four hours of improv, and twenty four hours straight. Yeah, they oh, just had constant gosh. comedy going for twenty four hours. Wow, raising money for something. Oh, okay, and uh, they invited me to come in and do a set and just do stand up because it was a, it wasn't just supposed to be improv. So I went and I did a set there. Okay. And he, the guy who ran, his name was Spin. He, oh, he, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he brought me up and uh, he hated local comics. So he never wow. really. He just didn't think Utahns were funny? He didn't think Utahns were funny or could ever be funny. So the why one, open a, club, a comedy club I, in Utah? I don't know. He had issues. <laughs> and so, uh, so he brought me up and I, and I, I had a great set, uh -huh. a really great set. And he even admitted I had a great set, but he still never nice. used me for anything. <laughs> but so I did, but I did get to play that stage, and he had to bring me on stage. Oh, so he was and the MC. Is that yes. was he the MC there all the time? Right, all the time. And he thought he was funny, but oh yeah, he would wear the feather boas, and he would come out singing. Oh, uh, uh, he was. He just had the worst, corniest, dumb jokes. Making, uh, you know, he made fun of funeral potatoes and fry sauce and. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know how stupid all the Mormons were. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Know, all that kind of crap. Bash your audience. That's always a good way. Yeah, to... yeah. Oh, my God. But so so Keith and I were talking. It's like, well, it'd be cool to just have a real club. Right. So we started looking. We started going, and we eventually found the place in um, West Valley. West Valley. That how how long do you two know each other before that? Do you two meet doing booking we, shows? We met... Um, in January of 2000. Okay. Was it doing stand-up? Doing stand-up. Okay. Yeah. There was an open mic at a VFW club, and I went up there, and I met him and Bent Washburn and Scott Bennett all at the same time. Oh, okay. And started, and that's where they told me about Bruvies. So then I started going to Bruvies on the weekends just to help out. Right. And, you know, um, because I kept showing up, Keith let me do some time. And then eventually I got the MC for him. and Right. But then he moved away. He, went, he moved back to Washington, so he shut, shut down everything here. So I had nowhere else to, 
do comedy. So oh. that's when I started doing the theaters. And then he moved back and he started the thing at Fats up in Sugar House. Okay. And it was just in that because I was helping him. He was helping me. He was still helping me book it. So it wasn't like we were in competition. It was right. We were working with each other. You were to working together. Okay. And finally, it was like, ah, let's just do a real club. So I closed down everything I had going on at Commons, and he closed down Fats, and we found that place in a strip mall that used to be a church. That was a great, great club. It was awesome. It was the best. That's still, like, my favorite of all the ones it was I've a done. Shame. It, really, it really hurt to see that place it, go. It did the sound. Everything was perfect. The sound system, like the crowd, everything was perfect. Oh, it's just, it just, you felt, you felt the laughter. I yes. Mean, it, was just, it was, everybody just so right up close. Yes. The ceilings were low. Oh, yes. The sound was just, oh, it was just, it just was brilliant. Beautiful. It was. Every, no matter where you sat in there, the sound was perfect. You were right on top of the crowd, basically. It was just. Yeah, there was not a bad seat. In no. That, in that room. At Nowhere. All. I mean, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Loved it. It was great. And when, so that was 2001 you start, was that right so, before the Olympics? Well, yeah, I met, I met Keith in 2000. We opened uh, Wise Guys February 1st, 2001. Okay. Um, and then when the Olympics, this was brilliant of Keith. This is, he called the comedy clubs in Atlanta because they had hosted the Olympics. Oh, Yeah. And in 96? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so he asked them, what happened? You know, did it, did you, you know, they said, we geared up. We thought we were going to have a huge crowds and right. everything. So we brought in big names. And he said, what ended up happening was none of your locals, your regulars will go because they assume it's going to be crowded. But none of the people who come in for the Olympics will go because it's, they only do stuff that's associated with the Olympics. Oh. And so he says we. He said this place turned into a ghost town until the Olympics were over. Oh, and I would so, never have thought of that. Yeah, and he said plus genius. you can't. He said you can't get rooms for your comics because all the hotels are booked, and if you can't find oh. a room, that's astronomical prices. Right. He says it's just. He says Olympics just kill everything. Oh. And so Keith smartly he just just kind of booked it low key, just used local headliners. And we just kind of maintained, a, uh, you know, just maintained the, the, the club, but didn't really right. go crazy for it. Did you notice the same thing happen here? It was basically, yeah. Yeah. The, like the first few nights, nobody came to anything because everybody was scared. Oh, the crowds right. are going to be huge. Right. And then when everybody realized it wasn't that big of a deal and the only place you had any problems was, you know, Park City and Heber. So... What right. You, so everything just kind of went back to normal. Yeah. And downtown, didn't, I thought I remembered, didn't you guys have, or didn't Keith have, or whoever it was, have a show at the Olympics, like at yes. the concert thing? Yeah, we did a, uh, I actually performed in the Olympic Village. You did? Olympics. Yeah. How was that? Oh, it was fun. Did it, was it, did everybody speak English? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so they. That's that's one thing you find out is that when you go when you go to the especially the Winter Olympics is that almost everybody across the whole world train in the United States. They'll know each other. They all. Oh really? Yeah. In fact, we we hung out with I think it was the. Uh, where was it? Some. 
some bobsled team from the, from uh, South Africa or not South Africa, but South America. Which one? Bolivia. A bobsled team from Bob's Bolivia. Team, Bob. Yeah. It turns out it was a bunch of guys from Houston. <laughs> well, they, did they have like bloodline from Bolivia? Is that how yeah? They got their it? parents were all from from Bolivia. And that's how they knew each other. But they all grew up in the United States. And they all wanted to go to the Olympics, and so they just decided, "Hey, we're going to become a bobsled team." So they uh, petitioned. <laughs> they petitioned uh, the country of uh, Bolivia. Bolivia, say, "Hey, we want to represent um, Bolivia in the thing." And they got like they already had kind of like dual citizenship anyway. Okay. And so they they just they put it together, got some sponsors from Bolivia, and they put up the um, everything, and they went and they. Wow. That's cool. Olympics, and it turns out that there's apparently there's a lot of countries that the only representation they have it's is because from they're Americans America. who are representing them. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I I've just learned about that recently. Is most of them are Americans, but they have like some distant relative. That yeah, was yeah, from yes. that country. So a lot of the Olympics is America versus America, but yeah, under just, a different banner. Yes. Yes. Which is really weird. But it, it helps because what happens is that a lot of these countries realize that by doing that, having the representation there, mm-hmm. that people in their, their country go, we have, we have an Olympic team? I can do this? <laughs> and oh. so then they start jumping. So it always, it helps. It enhances it. Oh, yeah, it kind of yeah. gets, them, gets them all interested and okay. starts participating. So it's kind of helped build it up. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think of that either. So you're at the Olympics. How does that yeah. compare? How was that? Was it big? Was it little? Well, I mean, the you know they they made it seem like it was a bigger deal than it was. I mean, we got there. It was in a theater, and there was probably maybe 140 people there. Oh, okay. The, the theater seat would seat five or six hundred, so it was wasn't okay. wasn't as many because. You know, right, right. But it was still a huge honor. It was really yeah. cool. They gave us a little, you know, medallion for doing it. Right. Oh, we yeah. Got, we got like a fleece jacket. You get a bunch of swag. And those funny hats. Did they give? Remember did, when everyone yeah, wore roots, those? The roots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember everybody wearing those. But yeah, that's probably something that's a lot cooler to have on your resume. Then I guess it sounds yeah, like it it's, probably was. Yeah, it's a lot cooler than what it actually was. Right, right. Which is, which is probably my entire career, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people say, oh, you're a comedian, that must be exciting. It's like, Meh. It's not, it's not it's as really cool not. as it sounds. But the exciting part is the one hour I spend on stage. The rest of the time, I'm just an unemployed bum. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Oh. As soon as I get off stage, I, I'm just I'm looking for my next next job. Yeah, yeah, that's how I would always think about it. Is they're paying me for the in between the jobs, and I do the show for free, but they're paying me for yeah, pay you're you're being paid because of what you can do. And yeah, you're, you're yeah, right. That but makes, it's still you uh, know yeah, I know it's rough. So how do you get? How do you go from that, and then you become the house MC at the new well, Wise we, guys? so we. Uh, like I quit my job. I was working for UTA at the the trains. Okay. Tracks. I'd worked the in tracks? Track system, yeah. You were driving the train? 
I was uh, prepping. They come in, we clean them and oh, okay. fix them up and make minor repairs and then send them out. That gotcha. Okay. Shift. Okay. Right. And so when uh, we opened the club, I quit my job and I went all in. Oh. I was helping manage the club and I was doing all the doing a lot of leg work, going out and giving out passes to people and just promoting, kinda, you know, right. promoting as best I could and. Um, at first he was going to have a rotation, not really have kind of like he does now where he doesn't really have a set MC. Right. But back at that point in time, there really just wasn't a lot of comedians. Right. And so he's just like, look, you're just, you just got to be it for now. And so I just, I ran every single show and we were doing shows Thursday through Sunday Right. And then we were also doing an open mic on Wednesdays, and I was running all of it, every single show. How long do you do that for? Like, About you do that for a years. while. Yeah, three, three years. Three years every night that the club's open. Every night the club is open for three years. And for, would you say emceeing, middle, or headliner is the toughest? Um, MC. MC is the Absolutely. hardest. Because you go up cold. You go up cold and you have you've you've got to get that show going. Yeah, it's on it, you. It's on you to make these things happen. <laughs> if it's a dud, it's it's on yeah. your back. And then basically. if you have a guest spot that goes up there and they eat it, you got to go back there and get yes. the crowd going again. So even if you get them, if the next comic kills it, you got to go up and yes. <laughs> get them. Oh yeah. gosh, yes. And that was tough too because in those days he was doing the um, he would get you guys would give out passes for free for thursday and sunday yes so it would be the same crowd pretty much on thursday and sunday yes oh and then i was having to get up there and get going and then there were times you know for whatever whatever reason you know if uh mc if uh headliner didn't show up or middle didn't show up i'd have to cover for it oh did that yeah. ever happen a yeah. lot yeah we had uh oh oh my favorite one actually well, okay, so I had at one time where the headliner went short. So he so we got like twenty five minutes left on the oh, show and he no. gets off stage. My your I can guess who just, that was. <laughs> wait staff just barely dropped checks. Well it happened to me twice. Oh. And so I just went up there and finished the show out. I just went and closed it out. I just did the last twenty minutes. And uh, do you have have you burned through all of your material or do you have enough material at, at this point? At that point in time, I think I had about four or five hours of material. Oh, wow. So, so you did, were fine on material like, wise. Here, let's do it. You know, how did that go? Were people, <laughs> what's people's reaction when they see you come up and do another half hour <laughs> after well, the headline? <laughs> fortunately, good because everybody liked me. Oh, yeah. You know that helps. I mean? Plus, I, yeah. I do, uh, do a lot of improv when I need to. I can pull that off. And right. So, yeah. I just had fun. I just did it. And then, you know, afterwards, he's like, you know, you shouldn't do that. When the headliner comes off stage, the show's over. And I'm like, no. As long as my waitstaff hasn't been able to pick up checks, the show's going on. Yeah. With or without you. Yeah, because then you're out all that money that <laughs> because people yeah. just leave and that haven't paid their bill. Yeah, and I was like, why'd you get off stage early? He says, well, you know, I just flew in today, and I just figured, you know, <laughs> a shorter show would be better because, you know, I was a little tired. And I'm going... Well, why didn't you tell me that before you got on stage? Right. Our expectation is that you're going to do at least 45, not 20. Right. 
How did he do the rest of the week? Did he do oh, the whole time? Oh, he made sure he went over. He did oh, okay. an hour five, hour two. He wanted to make <laughs> sure I knew he could, he do, could it. do his full time. <laughs> oh, my Because I just, gosh. I laid into it. I was like, I can't believe you did yeah. that. Yeah. Who does that? Was he newer? Had he no, had before? Been, I think he was just kind of big league, and he was just oh. like, oh, yeah, I can do whatever I want. You know, oh, I'm okay. tired. I just didn't feel like it. I was like, okay, well. Interesting. You're, you're, you're and it, it was a newer club, so he thought he could uh, yeah, get away with it. Yeah, I figured he just, yeah. Wow. So I just went up there and ran it up his butt. Because I did, <laughs> I finished stronger than he did. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. So you feel even better about I was it. Like, so that's why yeah. he wanted to go long, was to keep me up stage. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't show him up again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was funny, because Keith, Keith used to call me the sponge. Of comedy, and the reason he called me that was because I could either I could either ring it in or ring or let it out. Okay. So whatever yeah. the whatever the need the need in the room was, I could do it. Okay. If it yeah. needed more, I could give it. If I needed less, I could pull it back. That's true. I could change the room to whatever needed for the next comic. That's true. I remember. If I can tell this really quick, just uh-huh. interrupt you. I remember. <laughs> I. I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't think it will. We were, there was a show and it was, I think it was one of the Sunday, one of the ones that had just seen us perform a couple days ago. Yeah. And they were given, they were giving us nothing. And (laughs) so you were, I was standing in the back and you came over and he go, you go, you go, all right. They asked for it. I gave them as much of a chance as they could, but they're getting poop jokes. I tried. <laughs> They're giving us nothing. And you went up and gave them poop jokes, and they loved it. it <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I had to get that in there. Yo, that is so funny, because, yeah. Did I ever tell you what, how, what, why I had poop jokes? <laughs> no. For it them? Was, it was literally because I hated audience. When I hated the audience. Well, see, I did this show down at Johnny B's. You remember Johnny B's? Oh, yeah. Program. Yeah. I go up, I did my set, and it... And the way they did it back then was the open mic was the was the Friday night show. Okay. So you could sign up to be on the Friday night show. Is the kind of the the way they did open mic for Johnny B's. So, but it was an actual headliner. But it the was openers were club, open mic. But oh, the opening, wow. the first half hour was okay. was open mic basically. Okay. So I was emceeing, right? Right. So I go up there, I, I get the crowd going, and I and and I do I okay, you know, it was fine. Good set. Yeah. No, no problems. This kid gets up there and he does five minutes of fart jokes. <laughs> okay. Not even good fart jokes. He Just, stole most of them from Johnny B himself, actually. Really? He hadn't, but okay. Johnny B hadn't done comedy there in a long time. But okay. You know, he did. He used to have a whole Was thing it Biscuit that opened that? Was that Johnny, Johnny B? Biscuit. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's right. All right. And so, um, so this kid gets up there, and, and the people are just falling out of their chairs laughing all these fart jokes. You know, and I'm sitting there going, you got to be kidding I, me. <laughs> I hate you people. <laughs> right. And so as I'm sitting there, sitting there in the back of the room just, you know, seething with just pure <laughs> hatred for this audience, I started writing poop jokes about wiping my butt. I <laughs> Blowing my nose and just, I mean, it's just all just nasty, filthy, dirty, <laughs> stupid jokes. Remember when you would bend over to the crowd and you would mimic wiping <laughs> your butt? 
<laughs> you would be, he would put his face in the, whoever was in the front row, not laughing. He would put his butt in their face <laughs> and, and then pretend to wipe. <laughs> and it would kill. Oh, it would destroy every and time. So, and the only time I use it, it, to this day, I still use it when I hate the audience. When you have to. When I hate the, when I absolutely hate the audience, that's what I give them. I give them, I give them forty five minutes of poop fart jokes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that's too funny. I'm just like all these memories are coming flooding back <laughs> as we're talking. <laughs> I gave them a chance. Uh, They're getting poop so jokes. Here we go. <laughs> So did did it happen a lot where a comic wouldn't show up, and then you were stuck holding the bag? Oh well, the the funniest one. This actually involved Walter. Oh, the Our great W. Yes, yeah. We were just I talking was, about. I him. was headlining Ogden. Okay. And you know the club up there, and I, I get there, and it's like, you know, five minutes before showtime, and it's just me. There's oh, no other comedians no. there, but Walter's supposed to MC. Oh, no. Get this phone call. Oh, no. And at the time, he was a car salesman. Uh-huh. He calls. And he loved everybody knowing. Yes. He calls, he calls the club and says, hey, I'm in the middle of a deal. I can't leave. Oh, I remember this, actually, I think. And so I had to do, I mean, there was nobody in the club to do anything. I had to set up the music, set up the lights, I had to do the old back mic and bring myself on stage. And you put the mic in your pocket as you're running up, as you're doing the back. Oh, my gosh. I did the entire hour and a half show myself. Oh. In fact, it, it was really funny because 45 minutes in, I hear this lady looks at someone and goes, don't they usually have more than one comedian? <laughs> oh, no. And so I told them what was going on. I said, yes, here's the story. Oh, well, that's good. I told them what was going on. And then, I, I mean, it was going good up to that point in time. But it was right. just, everybody's just kind of like, okay, oh, isn't there more? Right. So I told them what was going on. And then from that point on, we were the best of friends. I mean, they just were oh. going... They loved everything even more because they realized that it was a... What predicament you were yeah, in. Yeah, I was in this situation oh, where I had to great. do everything. Oh, that's good that it all worked out like that. How big yeah. of a crowd was it, would you say? Oh, it was packed. It was sold out. I mean, oh. there was, we were turning people away at the door. Oh, that's you know? crazy. Oh. What, what was funny at the time, I was sitting down in West Valley, you know, you know, 35 minutes away. Mm-hmm. There, was over, there was about 20 comics <laughs> just sitting around. <laughs> Hey, yo, I, Keith, yo, we, we get the word and then Keith gets the word and then Keith's like, somebody's got to run up to Ogden. I think I, I think I got sent up there. Yeah. I think I was doing West Valley. I remember he came over and said, after your set, how fast can you get up to Ogden? So I think I did my set and then I think I met you the second show. Yeah, yeah. I think there was, a, I think ended up three people came up. Was it Was it me? Yeah, I think okay. you and I, EK. Oh, if yeah. I remember correctly, was one of them. Yeah, and then Walter fi finally Walter showed up. Walter showed up. That's <laughs> <laughs> he comes stumbling in. What's <laughs> happening? I was like, right. <laughs> you going to share some of your commission with me? <laughs> right, he should have. Oh, Walter. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, he's going to get a kick out of that. 
Yeah, I'm, nope. in the, I'm in the middle of a deal. <laughs> oh, and left you holding the biscuit. Was there anybody... I don't know if you can say. Was there anybody you thought was going to be super cool? Like, because you guys brought keep brought in a ton of like big name uh-huh. comics. Still does, but has there anybody from back in the day, not like right now ish time, but back then that was like a big? Who was a big pain? A big pain as far as uh, or a jerk brought in. Right, right. Was there anybody um, that sticks out that because that you know. Don't ever meet your heroes because they'll always disappoint yeah, you. Type most of, thing. of them were always really, really cool. I remember Polly Shore the first time. He was one of the ones that went short. Polly did. Oh, okay. He did. And that, I have a story about him, actually. I think I got, I was MC in his show. Uh huh. And I got sent over to do, um, to go pick him up right, right before it was, I think the show was at eight and it was at like 7.55. Yeah. So I ran over to the hotel real quick. Because it wasn't that, yeah, it's right next door. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't far. Um, but I get there, and he had a couple, um, maybe a bodyguard with him, and then a couple other people. He always and has I'm, an entourage. Yeah, yeah. It was, just, it was definitely an entourage. I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure <laughs> if I was using that correctly. But anyway, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and it's showtime, and it's past, it's like 8.05, and then my phone starts blowing up from you guys calling me, asking where we are, and I'm waiting and he finally comes down, and I said, hey, man, uh, I'm, here. I'm here to get you. We got to get over for the show. And he's like, okay, cool. He was really cool. He was nice. Yeah, we, he's we, cool. He's a cool dude. Very really cool. Is. Surprised me. I thought yeah, he was going to be a dick. It's just that it's, it just seems like when Paulie's involved, there's always complications that you cannot expect yeah. or would ever expect. Right. That's, that's the only reason it's just weird with Paul. Right. Well, he's, he's cool, yes. but he brings a lot of craziness with Brings him. something with him, right? <laughs> he, well, he, so we walk out, and this is after, it's probably 15 minutes after show is supposed to start. Yeah. And I'm the MC, so I have to be there. We walk out, and I was driving a little Honda Civic at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and they t- he takes one look at it and goes, bro, he ain't going to fit in there. He points to his bodyguard, and I'm like, uh, well, what do you guys want to do? I've been waiting for you. And he goes, we'll just walk over. I'm all, okay. <laughs> so I just waited a half an hour and you're going to walk over. Okay. So then I cruised over and then I think as I was pulling in, you guys, I think maybe we were on the phone and I said, okay, we're let's roll. And then you guys started it as I was pulling in, but yeah, waited and then, oh bro, he ain't going to fit in there. We're not getting in there. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. All right. Who was the coolest out of all of them? The coolest one was, pro- I, I think, Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat was awesome. Because he just, he went out of his way to make you comfortable. He was yeah. one of those. It wasn't just, yeah. you know, just a, a famous guy who's just, yeah. just being cordial. I mean, he went out of your way. He was awesome. Out and of he, his way to make you feel good. And funny. Awesome. Oh, his stand-up so is so funny. And he was, like you said, very cool. Every time... Like I, I think I did a, a couple times with him. And, yeah, every time he would always afterwards, hey, you want to go hang out? You want to go grab some, a bite to eat? And he would, super yeah. cool. And he yeah. would talk the whole time and sit and tell you, you know, like he would give me advice or tell me old stories. He would watch and, your set and tell you what he thought about it. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was And he's it was a incredible. huge star. And yeah. usually they don't, you know, they go out and wait. 
while you're doing your thing and they have no idea yeah, who they you don't are. watch anything. Right. They have no idea who you are, but he right. was really cool. Like said, he uh, was awesome. That's a good call. Yeah. Um, Patrice O'Neill was so freaking cool. The open for him was amazing. Was he? And I knew, I kind of knew even then, I was like, this is special that I get this opportunity. Really? And, is he, uh, he would, I, I never saw him, but I never met him, but he would do a lot of, his was a lot of crowd work, right? Is that Patrice? Oh, he did everything. That yeah. dude was just an absolute master. Wow. Comedy. And, and never wrote anything it. down, apparently, just, right? Yeah. Just right. Just went up there and just destroyed from beginning to end. and was just so cool yeah. off stage. That was awesome. That's cool. That's that was a that was a complete honor. It was one of those moments because he was he was he was famous, but he wasn't like huge, huge famous yet. But right. you could, but he was definitely on his way on up. his way, and you knew it. And so that was pretty cool. How? When was that? When did you do that one with him? Oh, I can't even remember what year it was exactly. Was it close to his? When did he die? Did he just barely die, or was it a while oh, ago? I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure. Well, but it was uh, just as you know, Comedy Central. He was doing all that stuff, right? He was doing the roast, a lot of the roasts, yeah. and then uh, maybe a couple specials at the time. Yeah, but yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I've that, heard that, nothing. That's but good. been the coolest thing about Wise Guys was you know he started bringing in these bigger names, yeah. and it helped all of us because we got to sit down and watch and meet yes. these great comics. Whereas in bigger, bigger. Markets you'd never get a chance to even be close to them, right? And here we are picking them up at the airport, driving them to the hotel, and yeah, uh, hanging out with them all weekend. I mean, it was just it, yeah, it was just a, a it was awesome godsend. It was he he was always awesome. Yeah, Keith was always great about about letting us too. Like if you were in basically, if you were like a regular regular, yes, then he didn't. He never seemed to have a problem with it. At least he never <laughs> said he did. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the, <laughs> not the, right. No, he's he's just absolutely amazing what yeah. he's done for comedy in Utah. In Utah, and yeah, and really comedy in general because yeah. he's created a club that every comedian who comes here loves these loves this club. Oh yeah, they're yeah, it's awesome. It's still it's the best. Did you ever? Um, <laughs> I don't want to. Never mind. I don't want. Did what? you ever meet Caliendo? You like yes. how was Caliendo? Um, well, I knew I knew Frank, Frank before he became big, because Keith he, Keith was bringing him in, you know, before he really hit it off. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, I I I had a great time with Frank. Did you? Then. He was. I remember the first time. I think. Yeah, he was. He was great, and then the next time he he started blowing up a little, and then he was. He was not very cool to me. And then after he realized, I think, who, he, who I was, maybe I think Keith told him. Because he, it was a very, I went, he, Keith asked if I'd go pick him up because I, I did the show with him uh -huh. the time before. And he says, you know, he knows you. And he, he was not thrilled about me picking him up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was one of the worst experiences He's, of my life. He got, he got a little testy. Yeah, after it was. A while. It was weird. It was really weird because he was, he was awesome. He was so cool the time before, and then that time, and then I think I, I think I ended up doing one of the nights that he was there, and then he, 
he was a little bit nicer, but he got a little big for his britches, maybe. Got, yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's weird. It's it's interesting watching how people adjust to fame, right? Because it really it does. It, I don't think it changes you, but it exposes for you for who you really are, right? You know, yeah. Anything you get, lots of money or power or fame. Any anytime you get any one of those things, it, you're exposed for who you who you really are. That's true. That's a good point, actually. You know who hasn't who's who actually might even be nicer is Eisman, Matt Eisman. Matt, yeah, and he's gotten huge, and he's still, if not nicer than he was before. He, he hit any. You fame. can tell that he really appreciates where he's at. He loves it, yeah, and he knows that. It could have been anybody else at any right. given point in time for any reason. Right. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't expect it. I think is kind of the thing. Like yeah, he's he's genuinely... one of those. He's a famous person who doesn't believe he's famous. Yes, that's which perfect. is the coolest kind of person. That is the best. Yes. He's still not. He's like yeah, you know who I am, but you don't. Right. You yeah. Recognize me, but you don't know why you recognize me. <laughs> He's at right. that level, which is awesome. Yeah. I just I it love Eisman. I know. Yeah. I love that dude. He's yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, that's man, this is just crazy. Catching catching all these memories coming back from from way back then. It's just Yeah, we had such a cool thing going on. It was. Then. It was amazing. Like that was just such a fun period like of time. Because I guess I thought you. I thought the club had been there a lot longer. I think than I was because I think I started coming around in '02 because I was like a junior, I think, or maybe a senior uh-huh. in high school when I started. Yeah, you were there coming during, around. Um, uh, AI. Yeah. Alex Irving. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was. If we had, there were some characters. We had. A, <laughs> we had a pretty interesting scene go out. Walter. Walter. Yes. The whitest black man in the world. Right. Yes. And then uh, Hamilton was at that time. Too. Yeah. That was. I mean, think about that. Ryan Hamilton was just hanging out with us. And I now know. He's, now he's huge. He's got a. My friend uh, sent me a screenshot like a week ago. He's got a Netflix special. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. He's Hamilton got a special. He hangs out with Seinfeld. He does because he he does he, really yeah he was he, okay so do this people is think funny. they're related they've this got it this is to. funny because um <clears throat> he met him he he saw him at a club Seinfeld saw him at a club and and uh, came up and complimented him and said you know I just want you to know that uh, I've uh, really kind of not really had a passion for comedy for a long time right and watching you perform. I want to do it again. I love comedy again. From watching Hamilton? From watching Hamilton. Oh and so he gosh. started having him come and open for him all the time. They had one time that there was this... Uh, Whoa. Uh, there's this guy named Gad who's a huge... Uh, he's like the Jerry Seinfeld of the French-speaking world. Oh, okay. And he decided he wanted to learn how to do comedy in English. Okay. So he moved to New York and he became friends with with Ryan because uh-huh. they were both there about the same time. Okay. And they've really been, they've had a really great, great relationship, you know, together. Right. Well, Gad finally got to the point where he was going to tape his um, English speaking comedy special. 
and Ryan was an opener, and Seinfeld was also kind of did a kind of get kind of guest MC, you know, kind of thing. Really? Yeah, just because they were good friends. Oh my gosh! And, and so, he just saw him. He watched is, Ryan. That's how he became. Well, and this is what this is what had oh, happened sorry. was so the the Ryan's opening for him at the, yeah. the show, and Ryan's standing there in the back in the in the backstage, and Gad wanted to have a piano or something. Is it Gad Sayad or Gad Sad or something? Yeah, I've, I've something like All that. He, he just goes by Gad. Oh, okay. everybody knows him as Gad. Okay. Anyway, so. Um, they were pushing this uh, piano out, and they they ended up kind of having to help push the piano out because it was too heavy. Ryan and Seinfeld, <laughs> two of the most dangly guys. Yes. <laughs> and so they're standing backstage after this, and Ryan and Seinfeld goes, "Man, this is a pretty surreal experience, don't you think?" And he goes, <laughs> "Ryan goes, um." Well, I, I think you could only imagine how it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing a piano with Seinfeld. Yeah. And oh then, my. and then, okay, and then Ryan tells me this. This is so funny. He He's invited to, this is just that they were kind of getting to know each other. And uh, Seinfeld says, hey, why don't you come over? I'm having a party at my house for the Super Bowl. Why don't you come on over? Oh, my God. And so Ryan's thinking, oh, okay, so it's probably going to be a big gathering, lots sure. of people, you know, you just kind of go there to mingle, you know. Yeah. Like, great opportunity. Why would you not go to exactly. a party in Seinfeld? Yeah. So he goes there, gets to Seinfeld's house, and it's just Seinfeld and his wife and um, Sarah Jessica Parker and um, his husband, uh-huh. her, her husband, uh, uh, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, right? <laughs> Gosh. And that's it. No way. Because, you know, um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Seinfeld's wives are like best friends. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they are like always wow. together. And so he just, he goes over there. He says, it's literally, I was just, I was just hanging out with these <laughs> Dude, how uncomfortable <laughs> was that? I wonder. <laughs> oh my God. Matthew Broderick had. Uh, he, How was it? Did he did he give you any more? <laughs> any? Oh, he said it was just you know it was just he goes it was just you know a bunch of people sitting around watching things. The gals kept going off and talking about recipes and stuff. And <laughs> My gosh! Me and Jerry and Matthew were just kind of talking about the game and. How it was going? It says it was just like being in any other any other Super Bowl party oh with with a couple of your friends. <laughs> Is that awesome? That's incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So are they still buddy? Like did, oh, yeah, they yeah, toured they, together, right? They toured. Yeah, he uh, he's, wow. he came on as one of his uh, openers that he uses. That's amazing, and it uh, that could not have happened to a nicer guy. I'll, in, oh, absolutely. In all he honesty, was so Ryan cool. was the... He was so nice. Oh, the nicest. Yeah. I think we. I think he started right around the time I did. Maybe a little earlier. Maybe. Yeah, he had started... Well, he had started doing, like, uh, shows in people's basements and front rooms down in Provo when he went to BYU. Oh, he did. And then when he found out... He, he found out that we were doing shows at the Commons. of those? Mm-hmm. He contacted us and asked if he could come up and do a set. And we're like, oh, sure. 
Yeah. He goes up there and he just he killed. And so then when we opened Wise Guys, he of course came along as one of the regular openers. Okay. And he was there up until about uh, was it? He left. He left for New York. I think around two thousand four. Oh. In fact, his last hurrah in Utah, his last thing he did before he moved to New York was he opened for me on a triple run up in Montana. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a nice send-off. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> Ryan Hamilton opened for me. On a triple run. <laughs> in Helena, Montana. I got to say, do, yeah. do you remember, I was, I don't think I'd start at this point, because I... It was one of the first times, if not the first time, I came to the club. Ryan was doing a set, and he did not say one word. And it was still probably one of the most surreal moments of, of comedy that I've seen. He did not say a word for probably three or four minutes, and we were in tears as the crowd. In tears. Just, I was doubled over. I could not breathe. I was laughing so hard. I don't even know what I was laughing at. He didn't say a word. He and just, you know what was funny about that was he didn't plan it. He just no. walked up there, and everybody just kept laughing. And so he just kept smiling, and it just got laughter yes. harder and harder. And it, <laughs> he just, he's just like, this is weird. Why is everybody laughing? And right. so he keeps smiling, and it gets bigger and bigger. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was just – people were and people were not just laughing. I mean, they were laughing. Yeah, they were falling I, all over themselves laughing. I, yeah, I was in it the was crowd. So I – I could not breathe. I was laughing so hard. I was doubled over. And I think the confusion on his face, like you were saying, and then he would smile because he was so confused, and then we would just lose it all <laughs> over again. It was just, oh, it was, it was the most. It was one of those just pure organic moments. Yes. Just, it's like we didn't know why we were laughing. He didn't know why we were laughing. <laughs> Nobody we were knew. Laughing. We, just, we were laughing. We just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it would have been perfect if he... Just walked If he walked stage. off, if he just left. He, but he tried to do the material and it laid flat. And he goes, well, I'm just going back <laughs> to smiling then. <laughs> oh, oh, that was too good. Oh, that was. Oh, my gosh. I'd completely forgotten about most of this stuff until we're, like, we're in conversation. This is crazy. Oh. oh, we had we had such a good thing going. We had so fun. It was. So it fun. was. It was amazing. It was really fun. <laughs> it was a really fun time. I'm trying to think of who else. I got nothing. You? Anybody well, else? I mean, we used to have. We used to just goof off a lot. Yeah, we did have that a lot of fun, fun off. Off. Stage. That was the, the yeah. biggest thing. Was we were just. Well, one of the things I started doing early on was I never brought anybody up as being from Utah. Do you remember that? Because oh, if I said, yeah. hey, this guy's from Bountiful, then people would get him go to the bathroom. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So you started announcing. Yeah. So I started, okay. I, I went where and asked everybody, says, so where'd you go for vacation last time you went? Oh, I went to Florida. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> all the way from Gainesville, Florida, just passing through town. Everybody was passing, passing through, town. through town. Everybody was a traveling professional. <laughs> just happened to be a friend of the club and dropped in to say hi. <laughs> I will say when you did that, it worked. 
because <laughs> people appreciated when we were from out of town. Yes. When they thought we were locals, they didn't give us as much love, which is weird. You would think it would be the other way around, oh, right? Oh, no. Utah has such a inferior A complex. complex. Especially yes. back then. Yes. Now, now it's better. Now, now. It's, yeah. Yeah. People get it. But boy, right. back then, boy, I, nobody was from Utah. Yeah. Really. I, oh, my gosh. That's Please another one. All the way from Chicago, Blake Bard. <laughs> Because he, I think he went there for a conference one weekend, and so from ever from then on, he was from Chicago, and it actually worked for his character. I thought it did it did it really did, and he was, said he was friends with Vince Vaughn because they were both from the same. Yeah, <laughs> there were so many inside jokes going on during a show. I I think. Oh my goodness! Like yeah. the. <laughs> Well, I used to do, I also do this thing for people every once in a while because when you wanted to tape, you yeah. wanted to get a good tape. Oh, yeah. So I used to go up there and say, hey, everybody, um, here, look, this is just serious for a second. Um, this ex-comedian, uh, he's, he's been contacted by The Tonight Show, and uh, they want him. Yeah. They, 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 they want to <laughs> just wanted to see a, a, a five-minute set. In front of a live audience, and right, and uh, he's he's taped it a couple times before, but we had a problem with the recording, and it just it just it didn't work out. So, what I'm going to ask you to do is, see, even if you've seen him before, just go nuts. Just if you guys could just give him a little bit of love, not too crazy, right? We don't want it to be, you know, obvious. You know, it's not. We're not going for that, but I just want you to just. Maybe a little extra. Just just a little extra. Just give a little right. love to them right now. So if if you're ready, let's 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 do this. You guys ready to make guys' dreams come true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'd look at Mac and we got the are we rolling? Are we rolling? Are we good? Okay. You did that for me. I remember you did this for me. And then I said, Okay, everybody, we're gonna okay. And we're gonna count down and then we're gonna give him an intro and you guys we're just gonna act like the show's been going on. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. And they All right, everybody. How's it? Thanks for being here, brother. Right. Give it up for my jingle. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the hottest shows I ever did. <laughs> like everything was popping. I felt I was, man, I was confident that night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, too. I think I actually had people. Ask me a couple months down the road, hey, so what happened with tonight's show? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, do you remember, actually, do you remember one time someone asked if, because you, you had the shorter hair, we both had kind of the, almost the same hairdo, the black hair. Someone asked if you were my dad after one of the shows. We, I used to get asked that all the time. Yeah. Almost every time you were on the show, they're like, is that your kid? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I got it a couple times, yeah. Because I remember I, I was, like, dying, and I went over to you. Yeah, I think that's what you said. You said, I get that all the time. <laughs> People give you sympathy because they think you're my kid or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I remember one day oh. we were, it was, it was one of those uh, uh, Thursday night shows. Yeah. And, you know, there was about seven of us on the show. And we're all standing in the kind of lobby area as everybody's leaving. Right. 
And this, there's this one lady, she comes walking up to everybody and she goes, man, I love that bit you did about your mom. That was so funny. And next one was like, oh, I love this. You were so funny. Oh, here's this. Uh, and just, she had a compliment for every single comedian. Right. Just, just loved it. This is right. the greatest night she's had in a long time. She gets to me. I'm the last one alone. Oh, she no. looks at me and says, my nachos were cold. <laughs> <laughs> You're straight in your shirt waiting for the compliment. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's blushing. I mean, she's just gushing over everybody. That's why I love that club so much. <laughs> oh, because it was ruthless. <laughs> it was either, yeah, it was either love or ruthless. Or when they would give a couple of them compliments as they're leaving yet, and then they would just look at you and not even give you. Or avoid eye contact. Yeah. Or they would, it's always yeah, eyes thing. down as they walked out when they pass you. That was always the worst. <laughs> there was a lot of looking down when I would. Stand next to AI. <laughs> oh, he was uh, he was so weird. He was. Rest his soul. Rest he his was. soul. I think that was the last time I saw you, was it? Yeah, was it the, the funeral? At the, his funeral. Were you at... Or whatever we called that. The gathering. The gathering. I think the backyard gathering. Yeah. What was it? Like a brunch or something? Like yeah, a, they just kind of held a brunch, and then we all just kind of sat around and roasted him for a while. <laughs> As you should do when you love someone. Right. Yes. You do it out of love. Yeah. That's what roasting is. And it was, yeah, it was nothing malicious. We were just having nothing we wouldn't have done if he was there yeah. with us. Yeah. Right. Right. Were you at the one, there was, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember his name, Tim, I think, at his funeral. Did you, I don't think you No, went. I did not. I wasn't at that one, but the I, f- yeah, the one where they asked the family asked the comedians to get up and do some time. Yeah, she came to me and asked me if I would get up during the funeral and do a set. Oh. It was, and I told I tried telling her no, and she was you know she's in tears and it would mean, it would so, mean so much. much. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, all right. So oh, here, did you know this part? So we go up AI. I think it was AI Jose and then me. Mm-hmm. Or no, Jose did first, and then AI, and then I was going after AI. AI, because he, the guy's funeral we were at committed suicide. Yeah. AI does his whole suicide bit. It's like five minutes long about oh. suicide. I have never been so uncomfortable in oh, my wow. entire life. As Dobie would say, you could hear a mouse fart in there. Yes. It was awful. And I had to go up and try it after that. And I, I think I got off after a couple minutes because it was, it was already brutal. And then he did that, and it was. And you, you, can, you can tell his way of thinking. He's like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. This is perfect. We're at a funeral. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just happen to have a, a type five about killing yourself. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. oh AI. 
he was a he was a good guy. He was just a little odd. Yeah, La- Lamoro. Lamoro, Tim. Lam- yeah, Lamoreau. Tim Lamoro. That's who it was. Yeah. Oh, Man, geez. that was. I still cannot believe he did that. Like what? Of all the of things all of the jokes do, he had. Why? Why do that? And you could see it. <clears throat> like he didn't understand what he was like. He was going into it. And me and Jose are doing this off to the side. No, no stop. Because we knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. We knew the bit. And he does it. And he does it. And then he, because he kind of looks off as he's doing his material. And then when he gets to the punchline after like three or four minutes, he looks up at the crowd and you can see it on his face that he just realized what he was doing. Yes. And it went, and then he, okay, I'm out of here. Here's Mike. You played a great crowd. Yeah. Here's Mike. Be sure to get the oh. extra helping of the funeral potatoes. <laughs> oh. oh, that's funny. What's your most painful gig? That's uh, hands down my most painful gig. What's your? Well, not entirely different than that. <laughs> I, okay, so I, I was okay. First of all, you need to understand I've had several. Okay. But right. this one, oh, I'm good. I'm still working on the. This one. So um, I got invited uh, just a couple years ago, got invited up in Boston oh. for a friend. He said, hey, a friend of our, my family's uh, dad died. We're throwing a comedy show to raise some money for the family for, for everything. Oh, right. Everything. I'm, oh. Okay. Very nice. He asked if I'd come do a set. And I'm oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I get there, and it's in this uh, – um, <clears throat> Basement of this uh, restaurant, and it's huge, and there's probably about three or 400 people there. You know, good turnout. Right. They're all friends and family of this guy. And there's about six comics on the show. <clears throat> and, uh, oh, I made the board. <laughs> you made the I just realized I didn't write you down. And so um, we, we get up there, and there's... Three comics ahead of me, you know. I'm right. Kind of towards the end. Where's it at? Is it at a comedy club? Oh, it's at it's this bar, a restaurant. Okay. They this big conference center in the basement. It's gotcha. It's a big, big open area. It's really cool. Right. Anyway, show's going great, and I get up there, and I start off, and I'm doing great. Great audience. You know, everybody's just wanting to relax and have a good time. Right. I'm going on, and I was doing this bit at that time. I have since just retired the bit. But anyway, um, <laughs> it might have been motivated by this. Experience. Oh, no. But I, I, I said, you know, I'm trying to make everything positive wherever I go. You know, regardless of the situation I'm in, I just right. want to be positive. I'm trying to, And like uh, the other day, I was driving my car, and this guy came off the off-ramp and merged the, onto the freeway, and I couldn't move over because there was cars there. And I almost... You know, he, he cut me off. I had to slam on my brakes and kind of dart to the side to keep from hitting him or would have been in an accident. And, right. And you know what? I didn't get upset. I just thought to myself, you know what? Maybe that guy just, uh, he's having a bad day. Maybe he just, you know, uh, maybe he just found out he has stage four cancer. And oh, he's going to no. die soon. Or at least that's what I oh, was no. hoping. And right then. The guy died of cancer. He had recently just died of cancer. Oh. 
went undiagnosed and he started having headaches. He went to the doctor and he, they said, you have stage four cancer. He was dead two days later. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Nobody told you. Nobody told me. Dude, you were I the thought, AI in that I situation. Thought, I thought he had, I thought it was a car accident or something. Cause right. it just said, oh, a benefit. Just, nobody expected this. It was, un- it was so sudden. Oh. Nobody said why or how he died. And oh. it was at that moment. I stood there in complete silence and I looked at the <laughs> audience and I said, okay, I just had a sudden realization that maybe <laughs> I should have asked. I hate you. At I this should point. have asked. I should have asked some questions before I came up here. <laughs> and I can hear this one lady in the background. You barely make her out. She said, "Damn right." <laughs> so, so, I I I was just like, uh, I go, well, folks, you can hate me. I don't blame you, but I still got five minutes. So if you would just want to sit there patiently <laughs> and just let me get through this. And they finally, they came around. I mean, they were oh. laughing. People were coming up, giving me hugs and saying there was, uh, you know, felt bad for me and I'm right. sorry and oh. didn't realize. And it, But it was just that sudden, oh. that, just that moment. Wow. <laughs> I think I, was, oh. yeah, I said, uh, yeah. That's ever, so painful. I, I think it was a phrase I said. Hey, have you ever you ever been in a situation um, where you realize you said something that um, you shouldn't have said? <laughs> <laughs> Did that go over better? I That's imagine. what got him. That's got what got him back out. on your they side. They were just like, oh. you know, they realized, oh, he didn't know. Right. And then they can't, la- even the ones that wanted to laugh can't because the yeah, other th- ones. Yeah, so there's still kind of that resistance. And then as time went on, I finally got right. around. I, oh. did, I did okay. I finished okay. Right. But boy, there was that moment of just. Pure pain. Pure pain, horror, shock. Oh, dude. <sighs> oh. How, was it just the one, one night? Yeah, it was that just, one? it was just the, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm just. Well, I had I had one time uh, I was doing a show in Provo. This was this was kind of it was well it was a bad situation to turn around. It was okay, but right. I'm sitting uh, I'm there doing my show, and there's this kid sitting in the front row with a family, and he's got a black trench coat on, right? Okay. And it's like it's not really trench coat weather. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and so I start teasing him about wearing the trench coat. Oh know, no. Blah, 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 <laughs> And I, in fact, I'm the whole show. I'm making fun of him, like, but he's laughing and he's having a good time, right? Right. right. And but I'm just just teasing him about being an oddball and yeah, all this kind of weird stuff. Yeah. And so finally, I was just like, so what's you know what's your situation? You're going to school? He says, well, no. He goes, I've been at a halfway house. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, yeah, I tried to kill myself. Oh. <laughs> and that's when he pulls back the sleeve of the trench coat. Oh. And, and my friend, it's not, it's not, it's not the, hey, I, I, I'm, uh, it's a cry for help things. Oh. This was, I'm going out, I'm going out now. Oh. 
oh. like from here to here. I mean, he was, you know, the full length of his arm. No. He pulls out, and it's, it's all scarred over. And oh. he pulls it. He's, he's on both arms. I mean, that both takes motivation arms? to pull it on both arms. Because oh. you're going you're gonna to cut, and then you got to go and hold while you're still cut. It oh cuts again. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think. I mean, oh. he's going. He's, he's checking out, right? So they were just big, thick. Big, like his thick, arm is shredded. Just, oh, yeah, just. Gosh. And so he's and he goes, yeah, I just tried to kill my tried to kill myself six months ago, and everybody's just like, uh. oh. you know, this is the kid that I have been hammering the right. whole show, right? But he's laughing, he's having, you know, and the yeah. family's just they're they're all just sitting there smiling. Everybody else is in horror of like, what the hell? <laughs> but the family's sitting there smiling. They're like, having a oh, good yeah, time with know. it. Oh yeah. Oh my and gosh. I was just like, oh, holy cow, dude! I was like, well. You're, you're okay now. And he says, oh, yeah, great now. Yeah. And, uh, See, and, he's fine, everybody. Said, so, so, you know, what? so what you're here, and he goes, oh, they finally let me leave. This is the first time I've been out of the hospital since the suicide attempt. No way. And this is, this is actually isn't my real family. My real family wants nothing to do with me, but this is a family that um, um, has really – Stepped up and is is taking care of me right. through all this, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Of all the people to pick up, yeah, all the people. <laughs> so finally, I was just like, "Dude, you need a hug," and he goes, "Yeah, I'd love one." So I gave him a hug. Everybody <laughs> cheered. You know, I mean, it was just like, "Oh, oh, how close? How deep into your set is this? Like, you've been doing it the whole time, but when he says the." How it's like about 30 minute mark. I mean, oh. we're, we're right deep into the whole thing. Right. And you, you know. still have a good chunk to I go. Still, <laughs> still good chunk to go. How did the rest of it go after that? Actually went really good. I think uh, the hug and just the yeah, whole. Yeah. That's okay, actually a, with it. that's actually a great icebreaker. I think. Yeah. yeah. Cause, oh my gosh. But boy that. Oh, I tried to kill myself. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, gosh, that's painful. Uh, the, the things we go through is kind of I know, and we go back for more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're up on stage an hour later still. Well, you know, I, I think it. You, you take on this healthy perspective, it's like the weirder the better. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost point where, like I want this story for later on, so I'm going to yeah. grin and bear it now. You know, because you want to perform. I, I, I started doing a joke about it because it's like, I do, you know, you play in the clubs and you play in the colleges and you play in the theaters and it's everyone's there for comedy and it's just pure magic. And yeah. It's just so much fun. Yeah. But at the same time, being able to go into a bar where half the people there didn't even know there was going to be comedy. Right. They leave the TVs on. They, yeah. People are still playing pool because they don't want to run off the regulars. And, <laughs> you know, somebody in the middle yeah. of the set goes and starts playing the jukebox. You know, just all these weird things. It's like, man, that's where I. Enjoy, that's where it's fun because that's where if you can get those, if you people can get them, yeah, that's, that's a good pure, feeling. That's pure joy when you get that crowd to pay attention and right. listen and laugh. Or the pe- and the people at the bar playing the video poker. If they turn around, if they stop to turn around it and yeah. look at you, that's a good feeling. That I I started doing this thing where I'll just stop and not say anything for a full minute. To make to make them look and see why is it quiet? Just, well, it, it does that, but also it just 
lets them know you're in control. Oh, you're right. You don't panic. They are watching you. Every right. eye is waiting for you to say something. That's good. And when you just sit there for a full minute, they're just like, uh, without saying anything, I, I sometimes I'll say, well, no, nah, I just wanted to show you guys what it was like to be in the audience. <laughs> or what it's like, what it's, what right. it's like to be up here. Right. And, uh, oh, that's good. And it, <clears throat> do you do that every show or just when it's like one? Just the weirder. And the I weirder get, I get you know, it's comics, you get thrown in just weird situations all the time. And yeah. lately I'm getting thrown into weirder and weirder <laughs> You would the think, Harley Davidson. You would think that I would be doing better. No, <laughs> it's just getting stranger and weirder. Hey, that's yeah, which is awesome. That's when you're getting requested to come to a new state. You're doing you're doing something right, and they're they've never yeah. done comedy. They're just bringing you. There. Yeah, they're just so we wanted to bring you. So it's like, yeah, awesome, sweet. Oh, this guy, he was so cool. He brought he paid for me and the wife to go up there, put us up the whole time. That he paid for almost every meal. Oh my gosh! Um, paid for all the tourist stuff that we did. I mean, he just treated us like you know royalty. That's awesome. And then the people who were there were just just so overjoyed, so and excited yeah. about it. So that's set a great time. That's awesome. And you did. So did you do a new town every night, or did you just do a couple nights and then a couple? Yeah, nights? it was a, it was a new town each night. Okay. Did he drive you around? Oh, Is everything yeah, he, in driving distance? Oh, there? Uh, well, no, no, but you have to drive anyway. It's like I, I was saying, oh, okay. I said, you know, there's a lot to see in Alaska. The part they don't tell you is that it's all three and a half hours <laughs> away from everything else. <laughs> oh, well, like to get to that town, uh, Whittier, it was about a two hour drive from uh, Anchorage. And then when you get there, you have to go through this tunnel that's two and a half miles long. Right, but it's only one lane. Oh, it's 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 mixed use. It's train and cars. So uh, at night they have the train going through. Oh, that's giving and me during the day anxiety. It's, thinking it's about basically, you know, at ten o'clock uh, going towards Whittier, it's open, and then then they close it, and then they open it up at ten thirty for the other group to come back out of Whittier. Really, so, and then they close the tunnel completely at eleven. So if you haven't finished up what you're doing and get in line by stuck. In time, you're stuck in Whittier for the night. There's, there's no, no way other way out? There's no way out unless you got a really nice boat. <laughs> oh, is it right there on the ocean? Yeah, it's on the one of those inlets. Okay, you know, right, right, where it curls in. Wow. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, it was bizarre. That is really it bizarre. Was, it was beautiful, and it was weird, and I was just like, yeah, this... This is my life right now. Wow. There's uh, one other thing uh, uh, I wanted to ask you about. I know back then you were, <laughs> of all things, you were going to school to be for philosophy, right? Or Yes. Is that what it was? Yeah. I was going to become a professor. Is that what you wanted to do? That's, I never... That was the goal, was to... To be a professor. A professor, yeah. For philosophy. Yep. Like, what's the, what's the story behind it? Um... I, I just I'd always loved philosophy when I was you know younger and uh, I remember you yeah. would always do that you would always <laughs> come up and what do you call it philosophize <laughs> yeah you would always say something like genius to me that I would get like as I was driving home I'd be like holy <laughs> crap 
That's what that was incredible. <laughs> I didn't understand it at the time, but it would hit me later. Most, like most that of, kind of stuff. Yeah. Most of my ideas have a time delay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, go on. Unfortunately, most of my material in comedy does too. That doesn't work in comedy, does it? It's like, oh, <laughs> trust me. You guys don't think this is funny now, but next Thursday I'm going to be killing. You're sitting on the toilet. Right. You're going to get this joke. You're going to accidentally pee on the floor because oh. you're laughing so hard. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I I went and finished my philosophy degree. So you did get it. You were. I did finally get it. it. I finally went and got it. But wow, um, more or less just out of uh, just. Felt like I should. Right, because you um, went so far with it. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I was like, I have one more class. I just have to do one more class. I have the degree, and then I just. That's all you had to do was. Yeah, and then I the just never more? finished it. So. When did you find, when did you finish it? Uh, 2015. Oh, okay. And just finished it up. Because my kid wanted to go to school in Utah, so I came back. Oh, that's why you came back here? Yeah, so he could go to school, and I figured, well, while I'm here, I might as well finish up. Yeah. So I still had money on my GI bill. I'm like, yeah, why not get paid to go to school? So I did. Yeah. That works. And is it you what branch were you in the Navy, Army? Marine Corps. You were in the Marines? Yes. Oh, okay. My brother's in the Well, he was in the Marines. I guess once a Marine, always a Marine. So yes. he's a Marine. As I like to say, yes. once a Marine, always a Marine, so there's no reason to reenlist. <laughs> hey, that's a good point, actually, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So what can you do with a, a philosophy major other than teach? Um, make horrible videos on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> of references that nobody gets. That no one gets, yeah. Well, luckily, if they're watching it like on their phone or something, they can look up what the reference is and then... Yes, they can. I mean, most people probably don't, I, but you I, can. When I started working a lot of philosophy into my act, and my, like I said, most of it nobody gets. Gets right. People who do get it, and they just about piss themselves. Piss themselves, <laughs> right? They get it. That's yeah. one thing I found in comedy is it's okay to write jokes that nobody gets. Yeah, because eventually somebody will. Right. And when that person gets it, and other just, people will get such it. Enjoy. Oh, I can imagine. I have I have stuff in my act that, you know, people are like, "What? Why are you leaving that in there?" And I go, oh, "Trust me. It's one day. One day somebody's <laughs> going to get this joke. Hey, it will bring so much joy to my heart." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, that's that's incredible. Well, I, I came across this rather s- weird psychological trick with uh-huh. comedy. Right. Was that if you do a joke and it fails and you acknowledge that it fails, the audience goes, oh, okay. That's, he tried. He tried. Okay. Very funny. But if you deliver a joke and instead of reacting that it failed, you react as if the audience failed, that they missed out on something because they didn't get the joke. Something changes in that audience because now they start thinking, hey, I got to pay attention. Right. Because I missed something. Oh, so how do you do that? 
Uh, mostly with just a look. Okay. Just, just confident of a, kind just of sort like of a confident like, oh, um, you didn't get that joke. Okay. Mm, interesting. Okay. Interesting crowd. Because ah. psychologically they go, oh, this guy's smarter than I thought. Right. I got to pay attention. Oh, that's smart. And so I have I have a couple of jokes that I've left in over the years that nobody ever gets, but I, <laughs> I just do it because the audience, it's sort of this psychological trick on the audience. So they go, yeah. this guy's smarter than I need to wow. pay attention more. And then I find that they actually do pay attention because they don't, now all of a sudden, instead of blaming me for the joke not working, as they should, <laughs> I trick them into thinking <laughs> they're the problem. <laughs> Oh, I love psychology. <laughs> oh, I love it. Rodney Norman. Oh, that that's great. I think that's a good nugget to end on. What do you think? Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Rodney, it's been awesome catching up with you, man. Oh, it's been a joy. It has been. I mean, it really has. I think it was AI's thing whenever that yeah, was, five yeah, years was, ago, five, six years yeah. ago. Since it was the last time I saw it. Well, my hair's a lot grayer. Yeah. You notice you that? Got, yeah. 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 You're doing pretty good for yourself. Nice, nice work, my friend. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this was whenever fun. We're gonna have to keep. Do, we'll have to do this again. Whenever I'm hard up, I know who to call for a loan. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I spent it all on this. <laughs> So people have a 401k. You have a University of Utah football helmet collection. <laughs> right. I had nowhere. I first, I put them in the shelf, on the shelf in the house, like one day when she was gone. Uh-huh. And then she came home and, of course, wasn't having any part of it. So then I took them down. And then the next time she went out, I put them on the mantle. And then that was even more of a no. So then I, they just kind of sat up in the closet for a while. And then when I put this together, I was like, oh. I can put them up there. That's impressive. I had no idea that there were that many helmets. Yeah, there's even more. I don't even have them all. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I mean, I'm probably missing a good, that I know of, there's probably even more than that, but that I know of, there's probably another five or six that I don't have. Oh, uh, yeah, because they yeah. kind of went the way of the University of Oregon. Of Oregon. They almost have a new helmet every, every yeah. other game. Yeah, the pandemic year last year they didn't. I don't think they did any new ones. I don't. I don't think. I could be wrong on that. But yeah, I think every pretty much everybody's doing it because all the kids love it, and when they're recruiting, I think it's a good. Well, it's, it sells a lot. Well, obviously, it sells a lot of merchandise. Yeah, I they've got me. Yeah, and I've got gray hair. Yeah, I'm not even a kid anymore. Uh, Rodney, where can they, uh, you've, you've got all of the social medias, right? YouTube, all the, TikTok, all the important ones, which is TikTok, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. Instagram, yeah. Facebook. I noticed YouTube. that you have not accepted my Facebook request because I tried to do something on your page today and it said, you're not friends yet. Oh, cause you maxed out. You said I maxed out. I have so to wait for people to drop you. off. Well, oh. people drop off all the time because they're either a fake account that falls off or they leave Facebook. Oh, okay. Or of course, Facebook for just whatever reason just starts unfriending me from some people. You know what they did? <clears throat> they locked my account. Uh, I think it was this week. They just unlocked it. Um, 
but they took a thousand followers with them when they unlocked it. Like they gave it back to me, and then I was missing a thousand. Oh wow! Yeah. How many how many followers you got? <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was on video for that thing. <laughs> the face oh I, well, I, get, I get to tell you this story uh, okay so this uh i ran across this this comic um back in connecticut and uh he was uh kind of big league. he's like yeah i'm from you know la blah 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 right all this stuff and he says we should be friends on facebook i'm like uh oh okay i, I you can send a request but i don't know if i got room and he goes right what <laughs> I go, well, you know, max out at 5,000. He goes, you have 5,000 friends? <laughs> I said, I, I have, I have 15,000 in line to be my friend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you have 15,000 requests? Yeah. I'm sitting there. They're just constantly, oh, you know, they say oh, they only show you 1,000 at a time, and then people, they just kick people off. Are you serious? Yeah. And uh, Wow. And he goes, uh, yeah. And he, he was like, oh, yeah, right. Okay, whatever. <laughs> right. And uh, he was he was trying to drop it that you know he's got he's got seven thousand followers. He was pretty proud. Oh, so he wanted you to see that he had seven. So that was his, he, he was trying to point that out without pointing it out. <laughs> and then he felt. <laughs> then when he saw my hundred eighty thousand followers, he was like, "I had no idea." Oh my! You have hundred and eighty thousand followers. Well, it's closer to one hundred ninety. <laughs> It's the dumbest thing ever. Oh my gosh. Where are we at? Rodney. 185,000. 185? Well, congratulations. That's awesome. And again, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. I so agree. (laughs) The amazing thing is how I've I've managed to maintain my humility through. (laughs) Right? You're still humble. (laughs) Stay humble, young man. Oh my gosh! Oh, this my cheeks hurt so bad right now. They are so numb <laughs> from this. Like I can't even fill them anymore. Uh, where YouTube? Everything is. If it's YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook, you it's all put slash. In Rodney Norman comedian, and you'll it'll show you everything. Rodney Norman comedian. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming by. And we didn't even get into like your military and stuff, so we'll have to do it again and absolutely reminisce a little more. Okay. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Check out Rodney uh, at all of his social medias. We'll see you guys next time. Ta-ta.